pray. Lord God, as we enter this very special and solemn period, as we look, th prepare for the, to focus on the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, help us today to enter afresh into the wonder of the significance of that wondrous cross. Speak to us through your word, by your spirit we pray, and help us to see what you demand, you demand of us in response. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Please sit. Looking this morning at the, the Gospel passage in Matthew 26, it might be helpful if you had the Bible open in front of you. I'm going to be referring to the context a bit more widely than the verses we had read just now on page 996 in the Church Bibles. The word passion can be used in various ways, but most often of the yearning love of a man for a woman, or vice versa. It's stronger than affection. Writers describe it in various ways, towering passion, or angry passion, ruling passion, hopeless passion. A person can be passion's slave. When it gets caught up with anger or jealousy, it might lead to a crime of passion. But when you read of the passion, often with a capital P, it refers to the sufferings of Jesus commenting in his death on the cross. A passion play is not a love story in the normal sense of the word, but a representation of the last days of Jesus on earth. This Sunday, two weeks before Easter, is often called Passion Sunday. It begins to run into our remembrance of these, those last crowning days in the Christian calendar. As we think today of the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples before his crucifixion, things start to come into sharp focus. We see something of the significance of those events as we look into this passage. We see that it happened at the appointed time. See in verse 18 of Matthew 26, Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. It was the appointed time. In some situations, timing is crucial. Our cars have been in for service. And if the timing in the engine is not right, you've got problems. If you're playing sport, the timing of a tackle is vitally important. It can be just right or just wrong. And if it's just wrong, it can lead to a penalty or even injury. If you're telling a joke, the timing is very important. It can make it or ruin it. If you're leaving home to catch a train or a plane, obviously the timing can make all the difference in the world. It's when Jesus' appointed time was near that he sent his two disciples, Luke tells us they were Peter and John, to get a room ready for his last meal with them. He needed to prepare himself and prepare them for what was to come. 
the way Jesus controlled time is quite significant in the Gospel accounts, and especially in John's account. So in chapter 2, as we read about the wedding in Cana, Mary told Jesus the wine had run out, and he told her, My time has not yet come. Moving on to chapter 7 in John, the disciples were urging Jesus to go from Galilee to Judea so the people there could see his miracles. And he told them, The time for me has not yet come. And later in chapter 7, verse 30, when Jesus had gone up to Jerusalem and his teaching was claiming special authority because of his special relationship with God, someone wanted to get rid of him, but no one laid a hand on him, we read, because his time had not yet come. And then in chapter 8 of John's Gospel, Jesus was in the temple. He spoke of himself as the light of the world and spoke of God as his Father, which upset some of his hearers. Yet not one seized him because his time had not yet come. But when we come to John 17, and the passage often called the high priestly prayer, it begins, Father, the time has come. The timing was right in the life of Jesus, and the timing was right in, the terms, in terms of the bigger picture. Because these events, if we think about it, took place at a time when, following the Greek Empire, one language, Greek, was widely spoken, certainly around the Mediterranean world. Greek was the language of commerce and of much culture, and of course of the New Testament. So as Paul and the Apostles travelled around, they were able to speak Greek to most of their hearers. And it also happened at a time of relatively easy travel, because during the time of the Roman Empire, people could travel from the Scottish border almost to India without crossing an international frontier. Both of those factors made the spread of the gospel much easier than it would have been for a long time after. It was the appointed time. It said that at one minister's induction, the service was, was there was a misprint in the service paper, so that the hymn before the act of induction declared, Our God resigns. <laughs> Never. Our God is in control. But for Jesus and for God's purposes, it was the appointed time. But also, he speaks of the authorized method. In verse 24, the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. The Old Testament reading from Exodus 12 gives us the background to what Jesus was doing with his disciples. Moses told the people, celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. And that was repeated in verse 24. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. So 1,300 years or so later, Jesus told his disciples to prepare a room and prepare the meal to fulfill that lasting ordinance. When Jesus offered the cup of wine to those gathered around the table, he told them, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Some ancient manuscripts and therefore some translations have, this is my blood of the new covenant. That echoed the words of Moses in Exodus 24, when he sealed God's covenant with his people 
This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you. Jesus was fulfilling the lasting ordinance and on it establishing something new. But we see also the accomplished outcome in this passage in Matthew 26. In verse 28, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So much of Old Testament prophecy was fulfilled in those few days. 700 years or so before Jesus came, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then in verse 11 of that chapter, Isaiah 53, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the, the light of life and be satisfied. Satisfied because the work is accomplished. Not, in, not only Isaiah, but Jeremiah, 600 years or so BC, wrote, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And against that background, Jesus said to his disciples, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Professor Tasker, commenting on this Matthew passage, wrote, He was walking with destiny. He was rapidly approaching the goal to which his earthly life was inevitably moving. The sacrifice he was about to offer was to be an act of redemption, such as was foreshadowed by the redemption of Israel from Egypt. was the accomplished outcome in the forgiveness of sins. Many of you, of you will remember the Book of Common Prayer, Prayer of, Con of Consecration, which speaks of a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Reminds us that Jesus offered himself as a sufficient sacrifice a perfect oblation, a full satisfaction in the right time, in the right way, to fulfill once for all the loving, eternal purposes of God for you and for me and for all mankind. <clears throat> so let us pray. We thank you, Lord God, that Jesus came and was willing to do your will in offering himself at the right time, in the right way, to accomplish our salvation. Help us to enter this season more fully in our understanding of what he, he came to do for us and in the giving of ourselves to honour worship and serve him for his name's sake.
Amen.